millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. I am Cliff. Hello, I am Brett. That is me. Yes, Howdy. it is you. No daft names this week. Not like that. Nope. It's very serious this Straight week. Straight up it? and down. It is serious. I mean, I'm sure not serious everything. Serious shit, man. We say it'll be serious, but uh, the main chunk of it will be serious. That's yes. for sure. Because <laughs> it is, a, as I've just said to you before we started, a harrowing mm-hmm. watch. Very, it, it certainly is. Very, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's almost been as harrowing as the week of news we've just had. Well, I was going to say, not much has happened this week, has it? Aye, <laughs> Nout. Not, nothing's happened at all, has it? Okay, Crazy, no. really. Isn't it funny how it comes in waves? Like, yeah. you don't hear nothing for ages, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, it all happens in the same week. Mm-hmm. All the craziness. There's yeah, been yeah. loads of stuff, hasn't there? I yeah. thought you were talking about Lee Clark taking over a Sudanese club. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm definitely not talking about that. But it's been a it's been this real thing this week, hasn't it? And, and yes. then P.S. Morgan storming off and stuff. I mean, which is very funny. I mean, I don't watch what? that no. either, obviously, but uh, I've seen the clip. He's just a fucking big baby, yeah. isn't he? Or an idiot. He's attention seeking big baby, and he will have a job lined up uh-huh. on Andrew Neal's GMB News, I am sure, whatever it's called. G- I'm sure GB News. I don't know if you know, Clip, or uh-huh. if we've talked about this before. What's your opinion of the screaming footballers? Um, about the same as Sean Dyche. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace, isn't it? It's... I was watching a game last week. I think it was Chelsea and Giroud, or Giroud, whatever you want to call him. He went up for a header and he slid and very slightly brushed the post with his hip. And the <laughs> screams coming from, it was disgusting. Always... I, switched, I switched it off. I they're always funny, so aren't they? Like this, um, like even before the screams, like when you see footballers trying to have a fight with each other, you're like, "Have you yeah. ever seen a fight before, lads?" <laughs> like it's not. This isn't how it goes. <laughs> um, it's, ah, well, that's it, isn't it? That's but just it's awful. But yeah, Sean Dyche's interview I thought was like was really funny about it. I mean, it was diving and stuff like that that I hated about football, and now it's the screaming. It's just another thing. To hate about, I think, isn't it? Cliff, I, re- I received something in the uh, post today. Oh, did you? It's uh, a lovely thing 
Yes, I did. A lovely thing picture that I'm going to have next to me bed. So <laughs> okay. was that from you, was it? <laughs> that was from me, yes. Happy <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's a wonderful it good? thing, that. So, uh, yes. It's very, it looked very good, good when I ordered it, yeah, it but I didn't realise it was coming from Canada because I thought it would get there for your <laughs> birthday. Um, <laughs> But it didn't get no, there. It lovely. didn't take too long, to be honest. It said it was going to get there between it the 10th and the 16th. So that's nice. The good old Canadians. The good old Canadians. <laughs> yeah, eh? you know what they say. Yeah, yeah, one more thing about... What did they say? Just like, go to post. <laughs> there, is, there is one person in football that I do admire, though. And uh, I'll explain why. Uh, Arteta, the Arsenal manager. Yeah. Not a grey hair in sight. No way. <laughs> Are you Is liking it... yourself to Arteta now? <laughs> well, certainly not. The amount of grey hair, <laughs> definitely not. But how, it, it's almost like he's a mute, isn't it? How old? I is mean, he? he's got no grey hair whatsoever. He looks the he's same older age than us, he did when he? he was playing. Doesn't look does. very different, does right, he? But not a what do you think about? Uh, here's one thing. Jeans. Fulham are doing well, aren't they? So they're probably going to stay up at the uh, expense of Newcastle. But um, and, and Brighton, yeah. who oh, obviously, Brighton, I think, yeah, I think, right. yeah, he had like three cuts on the other day when they played Liverpool. <laughs> three cuts, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think that's too many. It's too What's too the many. Limit yeah. of the cuts? <laughs> 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 it probably is. Actually, the, the Salon Manta Lee Johnson last night was getting interviewed on Sky and he had about three quarts. What's night. going on? He probably saw it Parker. And was, he probably was like, Parker, oh, they're doing well, aren't they? People like him. I'll I'll try that tactic. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, he's out of shape, Lee Johnson, isn't he? <laughs> out of shape. I, I think a little bit, yeah. I think he's discovered Greg since he's moved up, yeah. up here. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, he would have I think, been I think partial to is, the pasties in the southwest. The, <laughs> probably yeah I think what it is it's the interview court so if you've ever been interviewed on any channel they have to give you the interview court I think that's it. Over you. yeah I think that's the reason <laughs> you always have to have the interview court you would have thought that that wouldn't comply with COVID regulations but <laughs> it wouldn't would you <laughs> but I mean obviously um, you know they've, they've, they've gone past that haven't they but talking yeah. to Sutherland we're, like it's actually going well isn't it looking good it's a bit worrying that it's looking good in the in the Papa John's final, I am one hundred percent ordering Papa John's on Sunday night if we win that. No doubt about it. Well, this this is the thing on Sunday. I've got this. You know, when you go to Spain, you go at them little shops and stuff, and they've got the the bottles of red and white wine and, and mm-hmm. things, and they've got the the club crest on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I bought one of them um, on well, honeymoon on me and the wife's honeymoon. So it's about 15, 16 years old, this thing, and I've kept it. And I've said, I'll open it if we win something. So <laughs> if we win on Sunday, I've got to open this 16-year-old bottle of wine, which oh, is going to be like vinegar. And it's, 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 going I mean, it's not going to be nice wine in the first place, is it? Like, it's not going to be yeah. it got better <laughs> in 16 years. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it cost, it cost two us, so I'm, I've, I've got, you know, two high potatoes. hopes for it. <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, well, I'm trading potatoes. Did they even? Why not the fuck? The only the first time yeah, I went before the Euro, man. Yeah, I would sure use the potatoes once. Have you? I'm sure it was potatoes at the time, anyway. 
Okay. Hey, Cliff, have you yeah. ever been to a Mormon wedding? No. I have. I have. It was a very joyous and loving occasion. Just wanted to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the band's got uh, our little thing where we'll like to look up uh, people's funny names. And he was he was pissing himself laughing a couple of days ago looking up uh, funny names. Okay. He found the best one he found was uh, a teacher called Mr. Perv. Mr. Perv. No, that is a good one. <laughs> Mr. Perv. <laughs> Uh, would you, Perth, would you change your name? Regard, even if you weren't a teacher, you might not go by that name. I think you would definitely change your name, wouldn't you? If you, if you were Mister Perth, I mean, because kids always say, "Oh, you know, he's a perv, isn't he?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, his name's gonna, it's gonna cement the fact that he's a perv, even if he isn't. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And the, the other, the other thing I saw this week, it was a. Uh, or last week, I think it was. It was International uh, Women's Day, wasn't it? It was, yes. Uh, last week. Yeah. And Burger King put this thing out on, on Twitter. <laughs> I and saw stuff. yeah. Um, and he saw it. And it, it was trying to say that, you know, there's not enough women sort of working in their kitchens and things like that. And the big slogan at the top of it was, <laughs> women deserve to be in the kitchen. Yeah. Something like that, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, but women belong in the kitchen. Uh, women belong I mean, in the kitchen. Jesus I think Christ. it was that. That's that. That's it. Yeah. It's like Chris Morris has took over Burger King sort of promo. But then I they had another, another tweet underneath, being like, "What we're really trying to say is like, mate, nobody's <laughs> reading the second tweet once you've done that." <laughs> yeah. Who thought that up? Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was bad, wasn't I mean, it? Um, it was pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, this is a little segment for, well, there's a couple of things that our mate Davey Hall is going to like this week, but the first one is that um, mm-hmm. MasterChef's back on the telly. You won't be that interested, but I watched the first episode the other day. There's more now, but I've only seen the first one so far. And uh, uh-huh. there was a really good old Scottish bloke on it, like in his 60s, I would say. Yeah, and he was just saying, "Oh, you know, uh, he was from our broth actually, so uh, he didn't like this as well." Um, yeah, you don't like that. He said, uh, "Oh, you know, I live on the, I live on the coast, and it's, it's all about seafood for me. It's nature's bounty. There's nothing better. Just as simple as you can get it. You don't need to do much to that. Nature's just, bounty. I think that's. I think I might have added that in, but he said something like that. Um, <laughs> he said, "You don't need to do much to it. Don't spoil it. It's as simple as possible." So anyway, his first round, he made uh, some lobster with, with chips. And they were like, yep, mm-hmm. nothing that fancy, but uh, it's really tasty. Thanks very much. You're through the next round. Next round after that, he uh, made some crab. Or basically, he put some crab meat on a plate with some tomatoes around it and some avocados. And they were like, yeah, I mean, the crabs, it's all nice, but you haven't really cooked anything, have you? You just put crab on a plate with tomatoes and you know what it tastes nice you've got one more chance you're gonna have to like go a bit mm-hmm. do something a bit more in depth than this and he was like oh a bit annoyed by uh john to Rhodes comment there I don't see the problem but anyway next time i'll come out i'll do it uh i'll do it better next time he comes out he does the uh-huh. same but with just a different but he just puts more different cold fish on the plate. <laughs> Doesn't cook it. anything again. They're like, this is this is the same as last time, but you've changed 
crab or like prawns or something. It's like, yeah, but it's lovely. I like, like people who yeah, do shit like that. Yeah, I haven't cooked anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff. I love people who do that stuff like that. Chances. Yeah, is he I mean, a chancer? He seemed like a lovely bloke, and he, yeah, I think he was just hoping to like just because he likes Scottish seafood, he was hoping that would be enough to get him through. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah. that was good. I'll I'll keep watching it. I'm sure like there'll be uh, loads more episodes by now, but that was good. Um, and then from yeah. such highs, we went to really miserable lows because. We watched a documentary. I've watched the first two episodes of a documentary series from mm-hmm. 1980 that you recommended. Um, is yes, the six, is yes. the six episodes? Uh-huh. I'm not too sure, actually, how many episodes there were because I, I just sort of stumbled upon this on YouTube and mm. I thought, oh, I'll give it a watch. Um, and there's only four on YouTube, okay. so I've watched all them. But we, we concentrated on the first two, didn't we? Oh, we watched yeah. the first. Well, you wanted us to watch the second one, but I uh, started mm-hmm. at the beginning. Um, yeah. And, yeah, do you want to tell everyone what it is? Tell the boys yeah. and girls. Uh, so, what it is, yeah, it's a, a 1980 fly-in-the-wall documentary, this one, by a, a guy called uh, Rex Bloomstein. Great name. And it, it was the first time that, uh, it is a good name, that cameras were allowed in, in prison. It was the first time that that had sort of ever happened. And it won sort of two BAFTAs and, and stuff like that. And what it what it did was it, it basically revealed like the tensions in the prison between the inmates and the guards, and also the squalor that the, the yeah, prisoners the were sort of living in as well, in the conditions. Yeah. So that's what it's about. Um, but I mean, on the first episodes, which there's, prison? A, there's a great, really good bit of the stuff. It's Stranger Is. Yeah. I said well, we haven't said the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Stranger. If you'd said, said it's called Stranger, I wouldn't have said which prison. <laughs> I did say Stranger. Isn't man? Anyway, <laughs> you're losing your mind. You losing your mind. But yeah, so it's it's Stranger. Even though I did say that, um, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the first episode kind of sums it up. I mean, they're talking to this this prisoner. And he says, uh, he's talking about the conditions and things and, and what will happen in the future. And he says, this place will go up. And, and when it does, the roof will come off. Yeah. And obviously, 10 years down the line, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. The roof so, did come off. So, I pres- so we would have been nine when that happened. Um, it was very yeah. famous. 1990, Strange Ways Prison. Strange Ways in Manchester, for anybody who doesn't know. And it's a Victorian prison, opened in... 1868 I think there's this central tower kind mm. of thing and then five or six mm-hmm. wings that come off the side yeah. like uh, around it um like like a spider's yeah well yeah, or a a snowflake like a spider, or, yeah, yeah. You know, something like um, that isn't it it's a um, strange design yeah and it I mean it's massively intimidating it, like you say uh, it's a Victorian and I think the idea of that is building yeah I think the idea of that is that it's it's supposed everything's supposed to be controlled from that middle isn't it so they can sort of see everything mm-hmm. but the, the place is so dark it's impossible it's impossible to see all that stuff isn't it yeah it's mental so in the 1990 i remember it 
I remember this being on the news all the time. It was such a big deal. Um, a prison riot. It started on April the 1st, my birthday. Um, yeah, you're cocking up all my questions for later, you. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it lasted for 25 days, uh, which mm-hmm. was the longest time that I'd been a prison riot. And during that time, famously, the prisoners were on the roof sending messages to the media or whatever, like writing things on sheets and stuff like that about yeah. what, why they were doing it, what they wanted to achieve and all this kind of stuff. And um, mm-hmm. really, this documentary we've watched is set 10 years earlier, 1980, and everything that they say mm-hmm. in that um, in that riot is the same in 1980. So 10 years, yeah. obviously absolutely nothing had changed. So this place wasn't yeah, progressive. Changed. Nothing, it, however long it had mm-hmm. been like that before, and there was obviously no sign of any progression in those 10 years. I, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's the thing. It's obviously, nothing had changed. And, and like you've just you've brought up there, God knows how long it had been like that. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, feasibly, it could have been worse. But the, the thing I'm thinking about when I'm watching it, I mean, you know, it, it's it, any mistake that, you know, you could make, you could find yourself in that prison. I mean, at, at the time, if you're recording stuff, off the television, you could have gotten sent a strange face, couldn't you? I mean, could have could have easily happened. I mean, yeah. if we had made different choices in our lives or whatever, we could have been there, couldn't we? Yeah, I Our mean, it's parents. now still open. It's now HMP Manchester. It had to be refurbished mm-hmm. after the uh, riots, um, so it's still there, still accepting people. So, like you said, it was opened with a capacity meant to hold about a thousand people, but. It end, it's almost double that by the time the riots come about and it's on its way there when this yeah. documentary's on uh-huh. years earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember that, yeah. And, and also, I don't know whether this is an imagined memory, but I went with me Nana on a coach trip to Granada, Granada Studios to see where they filmed uh, Coronation Street and that when I was about this age. And we definitely went past yeah. the prison. And uh, in my mind, the uh-huh. riot was going on when we went past. I would have been about nine or ten, but maybe I've just like mixed yeah. those things together. I don't know, but I feel like it. Yeah, I know we went past it because I remember a blurring of memories. I remember it being me, Nana, being like, "Oh, that's uh, strange." With yeah, um, but yeah, yeah well, I, I remember it being on the news because it was on the news, you know, for twenty-five days, wasn't it? It was on yeah, every day, yeah, and yeah. those things sort of have happened. So. I can definitely remember that. Um, so it's an interesting sort of take this to sort of go back and, and see what was like sort of mm-hmm. 10 years earlier to see what like the, the you know, the conditions were yeah. like in this prison. The first, I mean, the first episode is called A Human Warehouse. So that kind <laughs> of sums it up, doesn't it? And that's what the governor has called the place. And the governor is a very, very strange man, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know what's happened He's to his face. Scared. It's not a normal shape of a face. It's weird. <laughs> well, he, he he talks a good game. I mean, he's he's, he's explained to the cameras. Oh, yes, that you know, if I, if I was in this prison, I'd be kicking off. And you know, it's impossible to run. It's overcrowded. There's too many people here. It's disgusting. Yeah. But then he's saying these things to the camera. But he's in his actions, he's doing the the complete opposite thing to what he's saying. Yeah. He's not helping things at he's all. He's not trying actions, to tackle he? any of those he's, things, is he? All, no. He's almost like institutionalised himself, isn't he? And just sort of 
going through the days he normally would. Yeah, so he's, well, a, he's a very strange man, the, the governor. To put it like really simply, it's horrendous. It's, it's horrific. It's it might have been acceptable mm-hmm. in the Victorian times, but come 1980, which isn't that long ago. Well, I mean, it is when you think we weren't born at that point, but like in the grand scheme of yeah. the world, it wasn't that it isn't that long ago. And to think that this is how humans were treated and continue to be treated for another 10 years until it all kicked off. It's mad. And, uh-huh. you know, like there's a lot of, there's always the debate about people in prison have it easy. And there's always a debate about. Yeah. Prisons are overcrowded. How much it costs to put to the taxpayers to have people locked up. And people don't want that. And people also mm-hmm. don't want people who are in court not being sent to prison. But you can't really have it always. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in my opinion, prison is a form of punishment, which is what it is. What's, yeah. What's, it's it's pointless. It's outdated. It doesn't work, in my opinion. Yeah. It shouldn't be a thing. Well, I think the punishment, and I think the governor actually says this in one of the episodes, like I say, he talks a good game, this governor, but he doesn't put anything into practice. And I think he says going to prison is the punishment that that sort of, you know, taking away of your freedom and stuff like that. But you shouldn't be punished then within the prison, which was what was happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're being removed from society because, you know, they've committed a crime or, or in some cases, like, you know, they're, they're dangerous or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then to then to be continue to be punished thereafter, which because of the conditions and slopping out and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. is treating them like animals. Yeah. I mean, how are they supposed to get better? It's all about reform, isn't it? That's 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 yeah, the, well, once you the punish, idea. Once you punish somebody, change the surely you, you send them to prison in the you whole You can't keep when, doing it. When they're in prison, they learn about the things that they've done and why they're wrong and how to be a better person and a better member of society mm-hmm. when they come out of prison. I suppose the varying levels of sentences yeah. are meant to be, well, if you've done this really bad thing, your liberty should be taken away from you for longer. And also the likelihood is yeah. you're not going to suddenly turn into a nice person after like two months or whatever. You're going to need 10 years or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And it's such a difficult subject because, of course, people who've done bad things should be punished in some way. But I just don't think for for the majority of cases of people that end up in court or end up going to going to prison, like it's I don't think it is it mm-hmm. is good. I just don't think it's good. There's got to be a better way. To, like, you don't, but, that that's um, the problem, though. I mean, there's 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 no there's no alternative. I don't think is there. I mean, you you can't really see an alternative. I mean, if somebody does commit a crime, then then they need to be punished. And the easiest way to do that is to take that freedom from them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that, that's why these prisons exist, obviously. I can't really see another way to do it. No, but like, really, the, the only way to maintain the... You would have to lock every single person up forever, I think, because what's the point when they come back out? Mm-hmm. Not well, like... certainly in this, in this, in this situation, the, there's no sort of idea of, you know, giving them an, an education while they're in the prison or anything like that, you know, giving them um, a different lifestyle. 
style or, or different choices when they go out. If anything, the only thing that they're being educated in in the prison is to how to be a better crook, a better criminal. Yeah, I mean, because it's they're, they're locked in their cell for 23 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's nothing for them. I, I think if after the, the riots and stuff like that in 1990, obviously there was an inquiry in parliament and things like that, you know, and uh, you know, they made sure that the, there was these type of programs and stuff like that in prisons to educate and you know, try and put people on courses and stuff like that, which, you know, in a way, I mean, the writers did a good thing doing that. Couldn't have gone on, could it? No, it couldn't. Do you know I what mean, I mean? They, it couldn't have did, lasted. They did do a good thing, like, or they got a good, like, result out of it, I think, in terms of how people should be treated. But, uh-huh. I, like, I, like, it's a weird one, but if you're looking at these, the majority of the people like it, that are in this show, at least, Yes, are, in this prison. Are under, like, uneducated people from, mm. like, really poor backgrounds who mm-hmm. are in the situation because of the circumstances that they're kind of brought into. And, like, just where they end up in life, it's chance, isn't it? They're, yeah. They're born in an area or in areas that is poor and they mm-hmm. don't have a great education. Sure, yeah. And there's not really... Like, is that is that it? Like, you're just gonna go, end up going to jail and yeah. having this I life mean, in jail. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it's just I don't know. It's it's very grim. That first episode, um, the real thing. I mean, it's surprising that the prison. They obviously thought they were in the right. All of these people that are in it must have thought they were in the right. The prison yeah. guards and stuff like that. The pr- yeah. Because. Watching mm-hmm. it now, you're just watching going, how the fuck did they ever think that this was a good idea? <laughs> like, they, yeah. they come across as the most, like, arrogant, selfish, inhumane, mm-hmm. and, like, brutal uh, bullies. And, uh, like... Yeah. It's, They're it's, almost making a joke of the whole situation, aren't they? And, and I think there's a part in the first one where there's, there's a, a jailer sort of or a prison guard taking people around and showing them yeah, the sure prison and how it works and this is the shop, you know, law students, yeah. And he's saying, well, you know, every every prisoner gets a weekly wage of 90 pence or whatever, whether they're working or not. And depending on your job, you'll get more money and stuff like that. And then yeah. he goes on to talk about the food and, and things like that. And he's just taking the piss. Isn't he's he? horrible. He's, he's, ho- he's taking horrible. the piss. He says, uh, yeah. "Yeah, they earn ninety pence a week. Um, we know it's too much." And then, like everything he says when he's okay. explaining it, he's like laughing about it and going, "You know, it's the best hotel in uh, Manchester. Yeah. It's full every night." And like, man, it's not. Mm-hmm. These are law students for a start. Yeah. They're not fucking like. I mean, kids on a school. You know, like you got to try and impress. Uh huh. And if that's yeah. the institution that they're going to end up being part of, they're going to end up being in that way of thinking. And it's just like uh-huh. all the way through that tour of these, the, he was given these teenagers or whatever. That was it. That was all. That was his attitude. All of it. I think he says at one point, like, uh, it was, you know, if they're, if they're good, and I don't mean good at thieving, um, obviously they would, they're not good at thieving because they wouldn't be in here, would they? Uh, 
I mean, if they're uh-huh. good in the in the conform and come round to our way of society in the prism. Our way of thinking, yeah. Our way of thinking, yeah. <laughs> Our way of thinking. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, 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 but at the same time, I mean, you've got to look at it both ways. I mean, the, the, the sort of situation in our prisons, dire, it's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, the, like I've just mentioned, the frightening thing is that it, you know, could have been my dad, it could have been your dad. If that had made a mistake, they could have been sent there. And you, you're suddenly in this environment where you're, you're having, a, you know, three people to a cell that's, that's only, you know, designed for one person. You're shitting in a bucket because there's no, you know, there's no toilet facilities and stuff like that. It's it's absolutely disgusting. The, the, the prisoners are basically trekked by animals and I'm, I'm sure there would, would have been prison guards there who would have thought, this is, this is not on. Do you know what I mean? They're going to be the majority of yeah, that situation. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? And uh, um, the minority mm-hmm. who are going, this isn't right, are going to be the ones who are, have to keep quiet or are bullied out of the job. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. I think that's 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 definitely the case. Because uh, like like we've, we've just said, the, the conditions and stuff, they're just they're awful. I mean, that's the slopping out. I, I mean, I didn't really know what slopping out was until I watched this and I sort of read a little bit about it. Basically what what slopping out is, is in the morning when they open the cells, what you've got to do is take your piss and your shit out and you've got to empty it down the drain and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, they're no no better than animals, these men, are they? They're they're, they're not tread better than than animals. It's uh, it's disgusting. And you know, like... Obviously, some of these people are, have done bad things, and they're probably not nice people. Yeah, but but, the, but some of them though, it's a local prison, so some of them. I mean, it, and Thatcher's in government at this particular time. I mean, just destroyed, you know, working class people's jobs at this this particular moment in time. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Some people might have just been, you know, n- nicking to save for the families or, you know, put food on the table or whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's yeah. not the case. I just mean, like... Some of them are bastards, for sure. <laughs> they, but it comes down to yeah. the thing, like, how how you treat people, like, humanely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, look, me and you are probably both, like, are a very small scale, like, anti-establishment, so we're probably thinking these guys are bastards. And... But we're not like, and we're also kind of humanitarians or libertarian kind of outlook. Like, you know, we like mm-hmm. people to be free and treated properly and all of that kind of stuff. Doesn't mean that we don't think that bad people deserve to be just allowed to do what yeah. they want to do. But well, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, right? You know, when Colonel Gaddafi is a cunt, and he, right? Is He's he a cunt? But yeah. I think he is. But <laughs> does he deserve to be kicked and beaten to death and have his balls ripped off? I would say no. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> you, you know, do you know what I mean? And these people who've you know nicked sweets or who've nicked a car or you know, I don't know, stuff like that don't mm-hmm. deserve to be treated less than human because they are human. And that, that's the problem with this first episode where it shows you what the conditions are like in the prison and stuff. It shows you that these people within the prison are not tret as human beings. Yeah. And that's deplorable. And then the second episode kind of takes that element of 
the first one and and plays it out over like a particular scenario, doesn't it? So yeah. the second one's called the allegation, and it's yes. all about um, one kid Smith, who yeah, he's not he's not the brightest lad. He's got issues, um, mm-hmm. and he has accused a prison guard of roughing him up as he put him back in his cell one day. Uh, yeah, he's got a big kind of shiner on his cheek on his cheek and, uh-huh. a, and a cut um and he's got a cut on mm. his wrist as well hasn't he it's a bit weird um y- yeah and he's made a proper formal allegation against a particular prison guard who we have seen mm-hmm. in the first episode being a bit of a dick um yeah. and, massive chops yeah like big big chop sideboards um yeah um and he's um yeah he takes it Properly, so he's being interviewed by, I guess, a, soli- a solicitor. I and think he- <laughs> that guy with the beard. I think he's the uh, assistant. Gum. Oh, is yeah. he? Okay, because he like, seems, yeah. and he's a little bit like uh, Bob from the Likely Lads. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, everything's in house, isn't it? Everything's yeah. I mean, in house to control everything. Every, every aspect of this process of uh, this guy going. I've just been attacked by a prison guard is investigated, tried, and uh, sentences are handed out by in-house uh-huh. people who obviously all work yeah. for the like, for that the prison. prison yeah. <laughs> it's mental. And yeah. su- surprisingly, uh, it, it's completely uh, insane. Surprisingly, it doesn't work out well for the lads who makes the accusation. <laughs> it, it does it doesn't. I mean this lad called Ian. He's got, you know, it, it explains that he's been in a sort of Boston prison and stuff like that since he was 10. He's got learning problems. He's a lip writ. But he, he conducts himself, I think, pretty well, Ian. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the pressure that's that's been slowly ramped up on him all the way through because yeah. nobody's going to listen to him. Nobody's going to, you know, take into what he, he says in any account. They're going to screw him, basically. He hasn't got a leg to stand on, has he? He doesn't know what he's getting himself in for. No, he's like he, he, he? he's basically yeah, he's, he's putting himself what 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 the phrase be putting his head above the parapet. Um, but uh, he's like uh-huh. but he doesn't I don't think he realizes what the outcome might be no. for him or what's gonna happen, and which is why I don't think yeah he would have made that claim if it wasn't real. What would be in it? Exactly. What would that, be in it my, for him to yeah. make that claim yeah. if it wasn't real? Like, it's not worth it, is it? It's not worth it. I mean, I, I personally believe what Ian's saying. When you look at the, the conduct of, like, the, the prison officers, how they're, they're backing each other up, and, and suddenly a witness, another prison guard, will go, oh, yeah, I saw what happened. I didn't hear it, though. Like, Ian's got a witness, hasn't he? Ian's yeah. got a, a witness who he, he sort of says... This is where I, th- I think the assistant governor was doing the question and it was pretty good because he's saying, like, basically he's give a full statement about, yeah, I saw it, uh, I heard it, I didn't see it, I heard it, I heard what this guy said, I heard what he said. He's got a distinctive voice, so uh-huh. I knew it was him, and I heard the words he said uh, and all of this stuff. And then next time you see him, He's going, yeah, sorry. Um, and and he's being stared down by a massive prison guard while he tells... By two, isn't he? By at the two same of them. Time. The assistant governor's going, 
have you decided to do this of your own accord? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but why yeah. have you decided to change your mind? He's like, I, he just says, I just don't want to get involved. <laughs> I like this only, you would only do that if, yeah. again, if somebody <laughs> had said to you, if you go ahead with this, you're terrified. It's going to be bad yeah. news for you. That's the only way you would mm -hmm. change your story. Not to actually, yeah. I realize now, maybe I'd, maybe what I heard isn't that reliable. He just, he literally says, I have realized I want yeah. to stay out of it. <laughs> Yeah, that's all he says he does. But the, I mean, the assistant sort of governor who, who was dealing with this complaint once he makes it is he's in the system as well, isn't he? He knows that there's nothing going to come of this, and they're going to they're, they're going to he's going to get out of it. The prison guard's going to get out of it in some way because when he sits down with Ian, he says to him, "So you've made this complaint and you're making it official. Are you sure you're going to make it official?" And Ian says, "Yes." Well, the prison guard hit us, you know, and it was unprovoked. And he goes, well, you're not under suspicion at the moment. I know. I thought that was weird. <laughs> How is he under suspicion? It's, it's the first interview he does with them. And that's what he says. He's like, the yeah. one making the complaint. He says, yeah, you're not on trial right now. There's no allegations. Like, you know, yeah, that's he's right. come to you. <laughs> yeah. Why would he be on this? Immediately, the first words out of his mouth are, you're not on trial at the moment, but you're gonna be. Do you know what I mean? Because that's how this works. He's also the best one in it. He's the best, mo most human, and mm -hmm. seems to try the best to get to the the real story about it. His hands are tied, obviously, and like you say, bits of the institutionalized like behavior comes out in moments like that. But he's also by far the only yeah. person that seems interested and in actually working out what did happen on that. He, so, I think that's, yeah, I think that's true. I, I think he does, but that being cynical about it, that is his job. It's his job to investigate once a, a sort of complaint's been made. And he does sort of investigate it, but yeah, he knows how it's going to turn out. This this Ian lad's got, he hasn't got a leg to stand on. And it's painful, isn't it? To it watch. Is, um, I one really thing painful. was that went well for Ian, I thought, was to give him a haircut, which was well overdue. I don't know how he ended up yes. with that long hair. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did. They, were, they were even managing to take the piss out of him while they were cutting his hair. They went. I know. It's, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. No <laughs> it's, just, it's constant abuse, isn't it? And what we should say as well is that this whole thing, this whole issue, the thing that Ian's done wrong, is he, he takes too much bread. I That's mean, funny when they do hell. the interview. He so takes too much bread. They give Ian gives his interview to the assistant to governor, and he says, yeah, he hit us and uh, whatever, like makes the allegation. I wasn't doing anything wrong. It was unprovoked. He said, uh, yeah, I clenched my fist because he, he, he came at us, um, but I didn't punch him. And uh, he said something to us and uh, threw me ball, I mean knife, at the wall. Um, mm -hmm. and I said, Well, I'll just I'll kill myself rather than uh go through this again or something. Uh, and the prison guard, yeah, shut the door behind him and kept coming up to it and shouting, Have you done mm -hmm. it yet? Through the, through the spy hole, I know. <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. this is but, a guy with, with mental health problems who's on like suicide watch and uh, stuff. Also, he's, why would you he's make quite, that? try to commit suicide? Which you, you wouldn't make the allegation, would you? You wouldn't make that mad thing about him kept eat. coming back to the door and saying, 
oh, you've... Uh, you, you wouldn't make it up. It yet. You wouldn't say that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a very specific thing to make up. Um, also, we should say uh-huh. the treatment for inmates that try to commit suicide is probably the worst reaction to that I've ever think anybody could ever come up with. Do you want to explain what that is? I, okay, I, I so what it is. There's, there's what a the good and stuff like yeah. that. But it's disgraceful. So they say um, sometimes you don't realise that uh, some of the people in here have got mental problems until they try and kill themselves <laughs> or whatever. Mm. You're like, okay, um, <laughs> yeah. surely there must be some way to find out before it gets to the point of somebody mm. killing themselves that they might have mental health problems or there there's some kind of issues. But anyway, they went, but mm-hmm. what we do is anybody who tries to kill themselves we put them in this solo padded cell, get them to strip naked and just give them a bucket to have a shit in. <laughs> and then leave them in there until they yeah. don't want to kill themselves anymore. <laughs> leave them in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the, gov- the governor turns up, opens the door, and this fella hasn't shit in the bucket. He's, yeah. he's dirty protest or whatever. Yeah. And he, he walks in, he goes, you're being a very silly boy, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> what? Yeah. The other thing about this this uh, documentary, I mean, it, it it's really well done because it's just mm-hmm. it, not that the sort of the way that the the narrator sort of does things is it's all understated. And it's just showing you exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean. There's no need to sort of oh yeah dramatize it There's or anything no like that because it is what it is. Yeah, and it yeah. Lets, that's what I mean. It lets the the people in the prison, whether it's the prisoners or the prison guards say whatever they want to say that might make them look good it might make them look bad it might mm-hmm. show the prisoners up to be lunatics and angry violent criminals and it might make the prison guards do the same <laughs> like so the prison guard for ian smithy said yeah uh, yeah it says uh mm-hmm. when he's having his interview with the, the assistant governor says uh well you know, he's well known for... Uh, I, I had a look on his plate and he had five slices of bread and four crusts. He's well known for it. And the issue isn't that he's taking the extra bread. It's that when it comes to slopping out, it's he's not even eating it. Yeah. He's throwing it away. And I've mm-hmm. warned him about it before and I warned him about it now. So all of this is because he's had some extra crust of bread that he might may or may not eat. Extra bread. <laughs> Even if that's yeah. true. They're so serious about it um, that he's saying it like as if he's like, it's the severity of, of as if he stabbed his cellmate or something. Yeah, it's, it's so menial and insignificant that these certain sort of prison guards in there, the power's just completely gone to their head and they think they can just treat the prisoners any way. The safe it really, don't they? That's the thing. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, poor Ian, bless him. And like I said, I think I think he conducted himself really well under massive pressure. I mean, he's been he's, he's talking about this implement that they found these cell and stuff. Well, can't you send it for for blood because this is my blood type and and stuff. Yeah. And they just completely dismiss what he said as if he hadn't said it. It's almost as if he's just talking to brick walls. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he says, does it? Ian now has to go on trial for making a malicious accusation um, against the prison guard. So uh-huh. after, so the result of him saying this guy punches in the face is we don't believe you. So instead, we're going to put you on trial. You're on trial for making <laughs> an accusation that was untrue, maliciously. Um, mm-hmm. This trial. Yeah. 
is the least fair thing I've ever, ever, ever seen. I can't believe it that is. this is allowed to go on. It's and unbelievable. It, this is the one bit I think where the narrator yeah. kind of does say, but he he doesn't like embellish it like you say, but he he lays out what the system is, mm-hmm. and it's he can't yeah. have a lawyer, he has to conduct mm-hmm. his own case, and he has to question the prison guards <laughs> as the witnesses. Yeah, and there's two old ladies and board member, a prison board member or something like that, who then decide, again, decide whether they think he's told the yeah. truth or the prison guards have told the truth. And if they find it's malicious, they can basically yeah. remove any chance of them having parole up to half a year. Yeah, or yeah. Isn't it? like early release, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they've got this They've got this hold over all the prisoners, the prison guards haven't. Uh, yeah. Is it called remission? Where they can, yeah. if they, you know, for good behavior or whatever, they'll get out early and they've got this hold over all of them. And and that's the thing that they take away from them, isn't it? Yeah. They take away sort of privileges, work privileges and stuff like that, yeah. and, and sort and, of any chance of them getting out early. And it's this real passive aggressive like relationship between the prison guards yeah. and the prisoners where they keep being like, Do you not want to get out early? Do you not think that you would yeah. want to get out there? And you keep being yeah. a bad boy, and we're gonna. It means you won't be able to have your breakfast and all that kind of stuff. It's like, what the fuck? I know. You you better not keep looking out that window, son, because you're not getting out there, are you? Yeah, yeah. He's going. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'll just stay in here. Yeah, like, well, he keep, you wouldn't know, would you? He's going. Well, you keep looking out the window. He's like, yeah, I'm not bothered. Well, you'll never get out there with yeah. that attitude. He's like, well, I thing. don't want to. He's like, well, stop looking out the window then. I mean. <laughs> like, what it what it reminded me of was like the Shawshank Redemption, Stephen King story, and it reminded me of me of that a lot. I mean, what the, the the prison once you're in the prison, they've took your freedom away, and then after that, they take your your hope away, don't they? And that's what the prison guards have got over all the all the prisoners. They're taking the hope away from yeah. them, and they do it sort of with joy and you know they do it readily, and it's it's disgraceful. Yeah, it's I mean, awful. to be honest. It, it's something that you need to you need to watch. Yeah, I think isn't we'll it to see out. how bad it actually is. We'll tweet them out. There's four yeah. episodes on there, and I can see from the comments going, "Fucking hell, I'm glad somebody put these back up here because, um, like, I've been wanting to see them for years." And the comments under the YouTube videos yeah. are like they're also also like quite insightful. Um, so yeah, the four four episodes are on YouTube. I'm going to watch the other ones because, I mean, it's fascinating. I'm sure there was six, maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but it's it's fascinating and awful, and a massive insight mm-hmm. into what society was like back then, and obviously yeah. continue to be like for at least ten years in terms of this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you should watch it. Strange Ways, 1980. It's on YouTube. We'll tweet the links out, and you can make your own mind up. But uh, don't sit down on a date night to watch it, or with the kids, or anything like that, because it's pretty grim watching. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Should we lighten the mood with a fun quiz about prisons? Yes, yes, let's do that. But you, you've already answered some of them as we've gone through, but uh, we'll give it a go anyway. So, yeah, we've got a strange ways quiz here. The first one, uh, Cliff, can you name these three celebrity inmates who are at strange ways? First okay. one, footballer jailed for assault. I know we've talked about Fan of cigars. Oh, <laughs> Joey Barton. Joey Barton, yes, indeed. He was the first one. Uh, second one, singer jailed for air rage. 
Ian Brown. Ian Brown, yes. He, he wrote three songs about being in, uh, in prison, didn't he? <laughs> Jingle jangle. Uh, that's right. Here's the jailer. All that stuff. I. Uh, next one. Maybe surprising. I don't know. TV presenter specialising in antiques jailed for fraud. Oh, David Dickinson. David Dickinson, yes. <laughs> he was an inmate of the of Strange Ways. You'll definitely get this one. And if you don't, one of our Twitter followers will have a go at you. <laughs> Which band released the album Strange Ways, Here We Come, in 1987? Well, Davey will be pleased to know that I know that's the Smiths. And that's one song album yes. that I like as much as any Smiths album. I love the production on that. And jo Johnny Marr kind of takes over on that one. I love it. Does he? Yeah. That's a good thing. Definitely a good yeah. thing. <laughs> I think so anyway. Uh, next one. Um, in the song, a bit harder this one actually, Clip. Okay. In the song, There Goes a Tenor from the album The Dreamin'. Who sings about being a star in strange ways? It's a female singer. It's Kate Bush, isn't it? Yes, it is Kate Bush. Well done. Didn't know you'd get that one. Ha. I do know that you'll get the next one. Okay. What date did the Strange Way riots happen in 1990? Yes, it was my ninth birthday, April the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> it was indeed. Last one. Uh, which Snap song did the prisoners blast from speakers while they were on the roof of that 1990 riot. <laughs> Rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> That's a good one. No, it's not that one. It was the power that was out at the ah, same time. Okay. And it was rather after them being on the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yes, that's the quiz. I did well on that's that one. That's the strange ways. You did well on that one. You did really well on that one, really. So we've got music this week, have we? Yeah, it's good. Really, really like it. It's a bit different, this one, isn't mm -hmm. it? It is. It's, it's a called... bit different to the normal stuff that we'll play. It is, but I think it's uh, it's a bit apt for this one as well. But yeah, th this one was uh, it was sort of sent over to us by a, a lad that listens to our podcast and sort of talks to a bit on uh, on Twitter and yep. stuff, a lad called Felix. Yeah. And he sent it over, and, and then I contacted the band and stuff like that and got them on. So... If there's anybody else out there who, who follows Word and wants to send a band to Word and stuff, yeah, we'll be, yeah, we'll be happy to have it one more. So, yeah, yeah I thought this mm -hmm. was great. Have a listen to it and, and actually listen to it. Um, thank you to Four Marks. This is Paradise. We have been Brett and Cliff. You can follow us on Twitter at FCircusPod. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and uh, like us, rate us subscribe and all of that kind of stuff goodbye brett be a slave to us be, be a, a slave, slave to us slave <laughs> to the rhythm
take our money, you will call him X. He grew up poor, uneducated and vexed. He left home at 16 years old to carry out a legacy he'd always been told. His granddad Jack has served many a tour, stories of triumph and battles and wars. He seeks solace in the forcing roles, taking on adventures in lands unknown. Let's take our capulet, we'll call him Y. Grew up from privilege and sport in life, from a long line of prominent government types. Who'd all been held out by the old school tie. Best education that money could buy. Wanted for nothing, he was next in line. Oxbridge, follow us all the service inside. Climbing the ladders, he'd been left to climb. Why was young and full of ideals. Chomsky is Bible left leaning ideas. The world was his oyster, uninhibited by fears. The world was his playground to bring on the years. Forward march to the tune of his band. His own adventures to the promised land. No need for armies, it's a one man stand. The world awaits in the palm of his hands. seen two tours, it started out fine but didn't feel like a war, it felt like it was all just a politician's job, they send the boys over whilst they go on the rob, but there was one day that would change his life, driving a challenger two with his buddy at his side, suddenly shots fired incoming from the right, it's too late to drop, drop, roll and hide, the vehicle turns and he loses control, as the wheels slip they might not make it home, trying to get out so they can run and flee, that's when they heard the bang of the IED, X's buddy was laid out dead, X was chopping out broken mind and head, two months passed and X was discharged with a couple from the pocket Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.